But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. You might be eaten by a Gru. <laughs> your co-host, Julie. Hello from the sunny north. Oh, nice. Uh, your co-host, Thorsten. I don't have any clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> your co-host, your co-host <laughs> Jacob. You must gather your party before venturing forth. And your co-host, David. Uh, yeah, yes, making sure. We're talking about RPGs, like uh, RPG 7s, rocket propeller grenades. No, right? no, no. That's not what that stands <sighs> for. That's first things first. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, uh-oh, I have Roll to go out grenades. and get my James armor. <laughs> Role playing grenades. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go there. Role playing guns. <laughs> Role playing guns. Uh, Hold so, in, throw yourself at the enemy. <laughs> oh, gee, what do I do? Uh, I, I bet you you could do something like that. In um, there was a great role playing game system. We're not going to talk tabletop role playing games in this. We're talking computer games as much as I would like to. Right. We 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 said we'd stick with computer games, but there was a pen and paper one called Big Eyes Small Mouth, where you could do just about frickin' anything. And I bet you you could make yourself a living grenade in that game. <laughs> you oh, man. You will get your chance, Jacob. I promise. We will. Pre- yeah, <laughs> I can. I can totally see us doing um, tabletop RPGs in another. Uh, in another episode. But today we're going to talk about computer RPGs. Um, So Thorsten, this was your idea for this topic. And I'm just curious, what brought this front of mind for you? What, 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 are you playing something or did you see something? What happened? Yeah. I lately started again playing star crawlers. That's that. Just brought me such a just brought the, the topic in into my mind. Star crawlers, star crawlers. If you aren't aware, is like a classic dungeon crawl. Like, but they're all fantasy except for this one. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, more. I mean, ninety nine percent of them are fantasy. I mean, there might have been one or well, two yeah, that were most of them. Most of them are definitely uh, in the fantasy genre, but this one is. Uh, very much run-based, uh, procedural-generated maps it's so that are good. effectively dungeons. Yeah, effectively dungeons. Yeah, it's so good. It is, it is quite excellent. So we're going to have a free-flowing discussion, and uh, you guys can ask questions, too, if, if you want it in the chat, or my co-hosts. Don't, I don't have to be the only one asking questions, but I wanted to at least start at the beginning. Um, I have a couple questions in mind, at least to get the conversation going. And I wanted to start with what was your first um, electronic RPG? Uh, and you can take a moment to think about it because I'll tell you mine. I'm streaming it right now. It's called Starflight from 1986, Binary Systems, Electronic Arts. I'd never played anything resembling a role-playing game before this one. And when I first started playing, I'm like, what are these thing? What are these stats things? I don't understand this because I was Numbers. A, I was a youngin. Like, um, but thankfully that game is simple enough that it didn't take me long to, uh, glom onto it. Uh, uh, and, uh, putting it. 
Yeah, and it's still probably one of my favorite RPGs ever. Like, oh, oh my God, it's almost 40 years, right? Yeah, shit. Um, excuse my language. Yeah, it's been almost 40 years. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, since Starflight came out. But that was... That was the first time I'd ever done, because up until that, I'd only been playing like console and arcade games. There's no role playing in uh, in arcade games, and there's no role playing in, well, I mean, some some later arcade games, didn't they have some role playing? Like there was a Dungeons and Dragons game, I think that had a little bit of role playing. No, it was more of a meet em up with some choices you could you could make. Yeah. The choices. You know the one I'm talking about. It's the side-scrolling one. Yeah. Chronicles of Mishara. Yeah, that one was uh, great. And and that had yeah. slight RPG elements, but that was really it. Um and that was a later arcade game too. Like in the early in the late seventies and early to mid eighties, there wasn't really much uh that wasn't on the like in the arcade or on consoles that had an RPG element to it at all. Like role the role playing. RPG element. There what were, am I saying? Now, um, now, to be fair, there were console ports of of games like the Ultima series that made it onto the NES. Uh, okay, that's fair. I know that because I because I had them. That's fair. Uh, but but uh, yeah, the, but for the w- most part, uh, they were they were cut down versions of those games. Yeah, like what I'm talking about is like late seventies, early to mid eighties. There weren't a lot of arcade or console like i had i had all the ataris and everything and there really weren't any like role-playing style games i know that changed with the nintendo not, not of the 2600 but the eight the atari 800 did have rpgs and i know this okay so i have a, i've had pl- quite a few of them that were on there so, well that's good uh, and i was going to talk about them well spaz uh, let's let's go with you then what was what do you think your first uh crpg <laughs> was okay this is going to be an interesting pick but okay. it is actually qualifying. Sure. Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, Whoa. no, the original Castle Elf Wolfenstein. Action. Oh, the original. And, and, it, and its sequel, and its sequel, uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Both of those were on the Atari 800. I've played both of them. And not only was it stealth action, but there were definitely RPG elements. You had inventory management. You had... You had to use disguises in order to get past the the uh, German guards, and if you could not get past the German guards, if you didn't fool them because there was uh, someone of a higher rank who would recognize you, see through your costume, your disguise, uh, they would identify you, call out the alarm, and then everybody would go aggro on you. So you actually did have some role-playing elements in that. Uh, the time-based element was there, too. Everything took t- uh, ticks to, to do. So Things like, um, you could try to pick a lock on a on a chest and see what was in it, and it would take time in which guards could be patrolling around. They might spot you. You could also shoot the lock in order to reduce the amount of time, but that causes noise, which oh. also means that, yeah, that would reduce the time, but it might also alert nearby guards. This- and then you could actually break the lock and not be able to open it, so that wasted all of your time. So these came out in the mid to late eighties. Am I remembering that correctly? No, early, uh, early was when, uh, Holy garbage. 81 was when castle Wolfenstein came out. Um, returning to Wolfenstein was, I believe 83. I, if I recall correctly, that is so advanced for the early eighties. Wow. But self action RPG 
I to me that's the first that you can really think of. I mean that makes sense. Fascinating. Yeah, wow. I didn't know it was that early. I mean, I had only learned about those original games when I played, uh, you know, Wolfenstein 3D. I'm like, wait, this isn't the first Wolfenstein game? Oh. Nope. <laughs> For most people, that was their uh, the introduction was the the other 3D Wolfenstein games. So there there has been no real return to form in that series, at least not that I know of. Well, the first person shooters yeah. were so fucking, excuse me, freaking uh, popular. They were like, great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not denigrating them in any way. Right. But um, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, one of the reasons I made the reference to Zork is because, you know, you might be eaten by a Gru. That was also considered a CRPG. Yeah, that's true. That's totally true. Uh, so Julie, what would you say is, was your first, um, electronic role-playing game? Well, the thing is, it's it, despite the fact that I'm over 60, you're not going to expect this because basically growing up, you know, there was no money for that kind of thing. And it wasn't until I got to be an adult, there was money for it. And so once I got to the point where I could afford it, all the money was going to things like grad school and, Whatnot, and so my concern was not being kicked out of the army, and whatnot. So I didn't really start playing games, role playing games, anyway, until like late eighties, early nineties. Before that, I played like Harpoon, but <coughs> I, 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 which is not exactly an RPG, is it? Uh, <laughs> I think the first RPG that I probably played. Uh, was Final Fantasy VII. Ah. Okay. And, I, I, uh, would know, I, I would surmise that was, sorry to interrupt, I would surmise that was a lot of people's and first entry into the RPG realm, honestly. Yeah. It was such a big deal. Uh, you know, I went out and I had some extra money and uh, Uncle Sam said, okay, I'll tell you what, you want a second graduate degree, we'll pay for it. And I said, we'll do. And after I got done, they said, okay, there's some money left over because you were in an, an MOS that was in short supply. We'll give you the money back. And so I said, oh, I know what I'm doing. And uh, out came the PlayStation without a number after it. And that's when uh, I started getting into mostly it was like side scrollers and things like that. But then I said, ooh, role-playing games. And so I think the first two for me were like Final Fantasy and um, Ultima Online. Wow, those are, that's kind of all downhill from there, isn't it? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I mean, are, the, the Ultima series has been around a long time, though. Yeah. Even no, before no Ultima question. Online. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first Ultima game, what came out, what, 83? I think? Yeah, yeah, Roughly? 83. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a very old series. Well, I don't want to use the word old. Very long-standing series. Classic. <laughs> classic. Series. Classic. Yes. Classic. Yeah. Venerated. Well, yeah. Classic. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII was so good that they've remastered it more than once. Oh and God! Yeah. <laughs> it is available on just about everything now. And it's... apparently, the remasters aren't bad, actually. Well, that's good. No, they're they're pretty good. Uh, you can even play the Final Fantasy games on your phone, on your Switch, on just about everything. 
Yeah. yeah, I will say that uh, Square Enix is milking FF7 for what it's worth, but it is and it is worth a, a lot. Well, it is now, a, the, the funny thing about the uh, about that is, uh, despite the messages of Final Fantasy VII, they started pushing NFTs, which is kind of utterly oh, they? ironic. Yeah, right, they did. <laughs> so, so what is the message? I, I've never played. Final Fantasy VII. So, Oh, oh! You never played seven, so Take it away, uh, the big environmental message: protect the planet. The the big uh, corporation that's in charge of everything is destroying the planet, and so the idea that Square Enix, being the company that it is, trying to use Final Fantasy VII's name to sell NFTs. They are the evil corporation that in seven in this context trying to yeah in this context exactly the yeah. irony of this oh, yeah. God yeah damn yeah. it Son of it will be it will be funny were it not completely depressing <sighs> exactly I I just hope it fails like all these other attempts to do NFTs by it gaming did. companies oh it did. did oh good oh past yeah, it tense did. It, it did good oh, we're good. Past that. good good yeah. no I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> in case the, the audience doesn't somehow doesn't know we're not big fans of nfts no well uh, just the opposite in fact no, no yes. we, yeah. we like now here's the thing we like square enix we don't like what they've done with the nft thing there's a big difference between liking the games of a company and not liking what they did with the business practices yeah, yeah it's, it's sometimes i mean Separating the art from the artist is tough when there are multiple artists involved, like dozens and not hundreds of people. Like they can't all be yes. bad, right? You know, they have there got to be some good people in there. So it's, it's well, it's mainly management. So yeah, there's there's that. Oh, pool of radiance, Rupert. It's management That's pushing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. it's Whoa. it's and the shareholders. Uh, ooh, ooh, NFTs are the new it's thing. It's a whole thing. Anyway, we're not gonna mm-hmm. we're not gonna diverge into NFTs because and if you play Final Fantasy VII, don't get real attached to the other characters. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's not go there. Let's <laughs> <Oops, laughs> not go there. Yeah, that was sad. Uh, those are good choices, though. Thorsten, what about you? What was your first RPG electronic RPG? Uh, well, uh, that was Bard's Tale on the C64. Ah, oh, Bard's Tale. I never played it, but I heard, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, you know what? I, I didn't like it. Oh, okay. I, did, I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't like it. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't my, my, my thing. Uh, it was a high fantasy scenario that, that uh, put me a bit off and, and a lot of other things. I, I didn't. I didn't get what the game wanted from me, and it wasn't a great experience. Let's put it that way. Oh. I played it a few hours and, and then and then uh, left it. Left it uh, aside. Well, I'm glad. Now, I have to ask. Did you oh. try the remake of the Bard's Tale that came out during the PS2 era? Nope. Nope. But I I know it exists, okay. but I, I never tried it. Okay. One thing to note about that one is that uh, they got Carrie Elways to voice the bard in that. And he's wonderful as the bard. Is that also it's the one very, on, very Star- Is that the one on Steam? Is that also is that the same thing? The one there's I there's, don't know if it's the one on Steam, but I know that uh, I got it on the PS2. 
So I don't know whether or not it is the same one. I have to check. Uh, probably I should, I should take a look at this. I, th- I thought because it... I, might, I mean, it's, it's, it's nearly 40 years by now. <laughs> <laughs> Been a bit. Yeah. Uh, but what got me really going was uh, was my second RPG I, I've ever played, and that was uh, Battletech the Crescent Hawks uh, Inception. Oh, um, what? And uh, same oh, link. Wait, I, I, I've, I've linked the wrong game. Doing it live. I link it. I link it later. Uh, but um, then I was actually old enough to to understand what was going on, and uh, it was probably uh, I. I mean, I, I got into Battletech uh, a year before, but I didn't know that, that any uh, games did, did exist at this, at this time. My condolences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I've been getting uh, into Battletech recently at request of a friend, and it's uh, it's an experience. And when I'm I, saying it's an experience, most people I, should know it's uh, <laughs> should know the consequences. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, back then it was it was great. Uh, if you if you look at the system today, it looks a bit antiquated. Let's put it that way. But we I can have an inter- if we ever do a freaking war games uh, episode, which I petition we should. I'm for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll bring it up. Yeah, we we, we talk we talk then in, in another episode about that. But uh, still. I was, I was then, then was, I was old enough to to understand what was going on, and, and that brought me really into into RPGs. And I played a lot of role playing games after that, computer role game playing games especially. Yeah, I never actually played that one. I heard it was really good though. Oh, it was very good. I keep meaning to give it a shot, but I just never have gotten around to it. I keep like forgetting that BattleTech had RPGs as a concept. Weren't they the first Battletech uh, games? The first, I mean, electronic games. Yes, uh, that and uh, Mech Warrior by Dynamics. Yeah. yeah, but the Mech Warrior was after. Yeah, so there were. Yeah, I think about a year later. I mean, uh, if I, yeah, if I yeah. There was Crescent Hawks Inception, and then Crescent Hawks Revenge, and then Mech Warrior. Right, and I actually have a disc I got on eBay with all three of those. I just have not installed wow. it. Yeah, yeah. I was very happy to find that. But uh, I just haven't gotten around to actually installing them yet. <laughs> but I should. I should. I totally should. I hear I, people I know who have played these Battletech games have nothing but good things to say about them. Honestly. Yes, even the, like, the recent, even the recent MechWarrior games, in my opinion, are fairly good. Mech, MechWarrior 5 included. But that's, you know, that's a different genre, technically speaking. Yeah. Yep. And I still have nothing but good things to say about the uh, Hairbrain Schemes Battletech. Uh, yep. Because, well, okay, I, yeah, I have it, some it has, bad it has things a lot, to say. It, it made some changes. <laughs> it did make some changes from the tabletop, but that's fine. I, they, they were adapting it to be different, and they were making those changes intentionally to be different. True, though they also... Did the thing that way too many Battletech games do off, forgetting this is supposed to be a, a a war game and increasing the difficulty by just chucking more shit at you? That's fair, but it's also because 
they tried with having more than four mechs on your team, and it broke the AI. That's not surprising. The AI barely functions as is. <laughs> yeah. So, so the the way that they handled it, I think, makes sense given the the limitations of the time. And uh, yeah, like Torsten said, uh, I I lived in that universe from the mid '80s with the original release of Battle Droids, which was the first title for BattleTech. I all totally the way got up shot down about by Lucasarts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got into uh, it all recently, so uh, I shall carry on that very messed up torch uh, that requires a 2d6 roll to stay upright. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I apparently <laughs> own the new, the new Bard's Tale on GOG. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to install that and give it a shot. <laughs> <It's nice. laughs> uh, the, the joys, of, the joys <laughs> of modern electronic purchasing. Oh, I own that. Why? <laughs> yes. Actually, they gave it happened? away for free. They gave it away for free some time ago. Oh, uh, that's probably why. Oh, well remembered, because I did not remember that. I will have to install this. This looks fun. And, and I will say, Carrie always is excellent in that role. Just I am not so surprised. It's, <clears throat> he's, he's channeling everything he did in Robin Hood and Men in Tights. And oh. then, so, yeah, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it, because it's a very, it's very tongue-in-cheek. They know what they were going for with the writing. Uh Yeah. It's uh, nice. I'm going to have to install that. Um, okay, David, do you remember what your... Uh, or wait, sorry, Jacob. Did we not... Uh, sorry. First computer wait. RPG. I... I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure. That's fair. Uh, because I was never... Still, I'm sort of ambivalent towards like uh, computer RPGs. And back when I was younger, I didn't like them at all. The first one, the closest I think I can classify as an RPG would be Torchlight. Yeah, hey, you know, that counts. Okay. That completely counts. Uh, that yep, completely Torchlight counts. is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an action RPG, as is apparently the technical term. What it is, is a Diablo-like, a very good one, but a Diablo-like which nonetheless. Was, which was designed by people who worked on Diablo. Yes, and it was very fun. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to make the argument, oh, it wasn't good. It was. It was an exceptional oh, uh, yeah, game. absolutely was. That I spent a lot of hours into. I never fully understood it, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I still like sort of Diablo-like games to this day. Never played any of the actual Diablo games uh, because they don't really appeal to me aesthetically. But games like Grim Dawn, games like Torchlight Two, for that matter, as well as other type uh, and so on, I like a lot. Actual CRPGs, I'm not sold on. The main problem I have is a problem I also semi-struggle with in um, in um, tabletop role-playing games. To put it simply, uh, I most of the time they require to manage an entire party, and most importantly to micromanage an entire party of goons. Now the goons can be very interesting, but I am the sort of person who for some reason really tends to get hyper-fixated on making one character very good, and the moment you ask me to do the same with five characters, I just shut down and, and I find myself incapable of doing it. I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you there. Like I much prefer an ARPG where it's just me and that's all I gotta worry about. And I can focus on like, making me the best me I can be. You know yes, I'm fine with the tactical side of things. If you tell me to like play XCOM and manage five people, sure I can, like mid-combat. If you tell me to like min-max those five people, 
then and like and figure out builds and stats for them and buy and buy uh, weapons and armor and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it becomes so, too much for me. Like, so I have uh, to ask: Have you have you played Wildermyth? Uh, no. You should. Okay, it's great. You should. You should. Wildermyth. Really, yes, Wildermyth is taking that that sort of party stuff and making it the backseat to yeah you have the tactical combat of course uh you have some party management but every person has two weapon slots and an offhand slot and oh, then you have be playing on stream like here i yeah, yeah i have been F yes I've familiar been in that i haven't looked at it but i have seen it it's amazing we'll check it out then it is, because again it is it's the one it is it is so good that even if you have issues with the analysis paralysis of trying to min-max people, you don't actually min-max anyone. You don't. That's good. Because, because what happens is every time they gain a level, you have between three to four skills to choose from, some of which are active, some are passive. But the idea is that you can only pick between those or reroll to try to get more. And Understood. You and you only pick the one. You're stuck with it. But the real meat of it is in the choices that you have to make. So you'll send your people on, on missions that come up, and you'll have to decide between how you want to proceed in these events. Do you want to go stealthy? Do you want to go uh, charge in? Do you want to try to go another route and use fires to distract the enemy or give yourself a tactical advantage? You have all of those options, and then you have random uh, events that can cause your uh, characters to transform so they might get a wolf arm and legs and head or they might become crow touched and be, and get crow wings uh different things will transform your people and then they get put into a legacy so you can bring them into other games and they'll keep those transformations it's amazing it's it's emergent storytelling with does actually sound pretty top. fun it, it is it is definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's even co-op. David and I have been playing it in co-op on Discord. We've we've been streaming it when we do sometimes. And it's been nothing but fun. Cool, yeah, I'll look into it then. It. Yeah. When I have the cash spare, I'll get it. Because it sounds tons of fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Besides that, like, I mostly play RPG-likes. Like, games like Mass Effect, I would uh, call it such, with RPG elements. But that typically can just leave um, a lot of the actual gameplay to all... Uh, because the big issue I have is a lot of times the uh, like turn-based gameplay is really slow and fiddly because, again, you have to manage five people's worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this is why I like the Mass Effect feature where you can just say, okay, all of you over here, you worry about yourself. I'm going to set you on auto-use your characters, and I'm just worrying about me. Yep, you can do that, and that makes it a lot easier, in my humble opinion. Yeah, the Dragon Age games gave you the same sort of options uh, oh, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I haven't, really, I haven't really played those. If you weren't able to do that, I never would have played through any of the Mass Effect games, which I just love. But I, I like Jacob. I can't handle the five characters at once. You know, it's just I'm going to worry about me too fiddly. Yeah, like I tried I to mean, play. With Wildermyth, oh, 
Yeah, sorry. Ed. Sorry, just gonna just gonna say with Wildermyth, you do have multiple characters to manage. You might have five or so in the party or more, uh, with generally five on the battlefield at once maximum. But it's it's less fiddly than XCOM, even. To, to be That's fair, good. it's even less fiddly than XCOM, if that oh. gives you any idea of how easy it is. Also, there's only three classes to keep track of. So yeah. that reduces some micromanagement. Yeah, I know, like, subclass. I try playing the uh, Pathfinder games, like Wrath of the Righteous. Oh, God. It's I couldn't do it. Headache inducing. On, like, on, a, on a similar Pathfinder track. Goes, oh. from, goes from infuriating to manageable on a computer, but it's still <laughs> only manageable. On a on a similar track, I tried the recent tactic tactics ogre game. My brain melted. Absolutely. Tactics ogre. Tactics ogre. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let it. Let, let's be friends. Whatever the the whatever the remastered one that just came out recently. I got it on Switch, and it's like Square Enix game. Oh my god. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, oh. the the original Square Enix ogre battle was great. Uh, tactics ogre. It has its fans. Um, Tactics Ogre Reborn. That's the one, David. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has its fans. I have not picked it up. I played the original Tactics Ogre and I didn't feel like I needed to pick up Reborn because I enjoyed the original a lot more than I did uh, Tactics Ogre. Tactics Ogre Reborn, what is this? Yeah, oh, it's, I see. It's if, if, uh, if Pathfinder hurt your brain, this is going to break your brain. Oh my god! Yeah, it, no, I, I'm gonna cool off. Thank you very much. Yeah, I I wanted to like it. Uh, I kept hearing nothing but good things about it, so I tried it. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. I I cannot. Yes. I can't. Uh, now for CRPGs that I enjoyed, if I'm willing to say, I uh, obviously have to bring it up because someone have to, will eventually the Fallout games, specifically Fallout One and Two. Why? Because they're really good, and they they've <clears> aged well. They've aged exceptionally well. They have fiddly but understandable mechanics. Uh, they have the the party management is minimal, uh, minimal to none even. The writing, of course, is brilliant because it's Fallout. Hmm. Uh, there's so and they're much genre defying. They are definitely yeah. genre defining. It's, it's just good stuff. It's a good yeah. series. Yeah, it is. A good Wish series. Bethesda didn't get their hands on it, but alas. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, David, let's round this question out with you. What What do you remember your first electronic RPG being? I'm I'm still a hard worker trying to figure that out, but it's well, uh, probably it, between it, two games that are probably... That's fine. The, whatever, whatever comes to mind first, that's fine. All right. Because this is not even on PC, but I that's think fine. probably during uh, this time during the 90s, my... Uh, Cousin probably shouted at me multiple times to try to jag the lions, but yeah, I never did that. So oh. I should probably have done that in another timeline, but it didn't happen <laughs> for me. So uh, the first one I believe I played is tied either between... It, it has to be either uh, Final Fantasy VII or actually Diablo on freaking uh, PlayStation 1. Yeah, there oh. was an actual PlayStation 1 version of the game. Was there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And here's the weird thing as well with Diablo on the PlayStation 1. It was localized into Swedish. We had a freaking complete Swedish dub on the, on the game. Whoa. And it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Why was it weird? Well, 
Well, we kids during the time, uh, well, we were into more figuring out, oh, what does this English word mean? What does that English word mean? And then we completely get a freaking fully translated game into Swedish, which was a little bit alien, I gotta say. Because, yeah, two years before, this was all out on the PC as well. And, yeah, I did see my friends uh, playing that. And I finished Diablo on my own, though, if, you, if you're if uh, you ever asking. Like, uh, like uh, Jacob noted before, uh, RPGs have never been my cup of tea. I'm, I've always been into more, I, I guess, action games, shooting games, or whatever. Metal Honor doing the '90s, late 2000s. So, uh, but yeah, it's probably tied between Diablo and Final Fantasy VII, which I also never finished. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's that's a hard. Fine. No, it's fine, it's, dude. That's, that's, that's what that's I can my mind. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's a fine. That's a fine answer, you know. I mean, you know, if that's what if that's what you can remember, that's what you can remember. <laughs> but yeah, probably in another timeline, I did play uh, Jagged Alliance one or two. So, but yeah, that never <laughs> happened. <sighs> I wonder what that David would be like—the one that played Jagged <laughs> Alliance. <laughs> probably a lot more like me, honestly. <laughs> Which is a scary thought, depending on whether or not it clicked with him at the time. That's a big, uh, big factor, I think. <laughs> because Jagged Alliance, if you've not played the original two games, oh. they're very fiddly. But they're also very, very good. Yes. Despite how fiddly and buggy that they were. Yeah, there really isn't another game series like them, really. They're very... Let's we be good. Let's we be good. I know, we're all hoping the new yep. one's good because yeah. we because after two... The uh, the legacy of the series kind of went ca- ca- put for a not not it just went in the crapper for a while <laughs> and so yeah we're all hoping um, the new one is good but I don't know if you guys have seen the dev diaries of the new one but it looks uh, it looks promising I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much but it looks like they at least know why people like the originals. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know anyone. I I know very few people, Jose, who have actually beat Jagged Alliance two, because that game is oh my god, <laughs> that game is so hard. The ending is the ending is very very difficult. I did get through it. Oh wow! Uh, without cheating, without cheating. Good I job. Say. Good job. But yes, yeah, it it was very difficult. Oh my god. Oh, Thorsten also did it. Good, good. We have some very smart, good tacticians here. <laughs> that is not me. I don't know how. Don't, f- ask, don't ask me how long it it, it took. <laughs> I was in, I was it, it about to. It takes a to. lot of reloads because there. Well, I'll I'll tell you with experience. It takes a lot of reloads because there are some enemies that you'll turn a corner, and they'll instantly be able to uh, spot you and get an interrupt on you. There are other times where you'll throw a grenade down to, uh, because you know where they are, you'll throw a grenade to uh, stun them, and they'll still get the interrupt on you. So, it's it's a really bad RNG in some places, especially toward that very end fight. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> getting through it with most of your people alive is just really difficult. I, I love the relationship drama in the first two Jagged Alliance games. That was, in my opinion, the best part of those games. Like, this guy won't work and with that's that one. you're holding it to the third. 
they're that's something they're pulling into the into the yeah game. exactly exactly that's why I'm excited because they're getting that they're very very conscious about get, conscious conscious am I using that right yeah they're ve- they're very yeah very conscious about getting that right and uh, which is that that's one of the things that gives me hope about that one uh, about the new one so uh, yeah really excited about the third um, so to kind of shoot off that last question um this might be a little this one might be a little tougher and i'll start what if if you met someone today who has never played an rpg before what would you recommend which game would you recommend as their introductory rpg oh god no just take a second because i i because i have an answer because because i have an answer um apologies that's fine, because because I have an answer. Um, I think a really good introductory RPG for just about anyone is probably Torchlight Two. It's easy to okay. get. It's easy to get into. It's very the controls are very simple. It's it doesn't have too. It, it's not too fiddly. It's got a pet that helps you manage your inventory, uh, which very few other games have. Um, so inventory management is actually one of the easy. I think I think that game is one of the easier because how many RPGs have been broke been broken for you by bad inventory management? My God, um, uh, do you want the short list or the full list? That's what I'm saying. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I can tell you, Travis built that in there because he put it into the Fate games that he that exactly, he exactly, and that's where he got it from. Exactly, and the Torchlight Two, I think, is the best refinement of that formula that he started in the Fate games. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's and so that's why I think if someone came to me today, today and went, I want to get into RPGs, Torchlight 2 would probably be my, because it's got good tutorials, very colorful gla- graphics. It runs on anything. Uh, even it, it very runs accessible. on any, yeah, very accessible, lots of fun classes, good multiplayer and single player. Um, that would be, that would be my pick for someone's first. And we're not. I'm not going to go in order here uh, because I don't want to put pressure on anyone. But does anyone else have one they would recommend as their first RPG? If you if you don't, we can. Okay, I do. Okay, I don't even have to think about it. Okay. Oh no. Here we go. <laughs> Fallout Three, and here's why. Oh oh okay 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 That's okay okay. That is All right, hang on. Let, oh, let, Julie's let, coming let, out swinging. Spicy. So this is spicy. I want to hear this. Good. Because Fallout Three has some of the best game decisions I've ever had to make, and here's and two especially I want to bring up. And the first one that everybody remembers about is if you've ever played it. It's first, it's easy to get into, and I could spend the whole game and did just wandering around wilderness. But when you're, you're faced with a decision at some point is somebody says, there are people who worship this bomb, you know, and it's just like the, the, the thing in the Planet of the Apes. And the thing is, do you set the bomb off or not? And... If you set the bomb off, instead of living in some little hovel in this cobbled-together village, you get to live in the only remaining apartment building in the fallout Washington, D.C. wasteland. And that moment when you actually see the nuclear bomb, 
detonate in the distance was amazing. But what I found just, just to this day, I remember this, and this is why I love this game so much, is, and I'm sure there are other games out there with this decision, but it has the first time I've ever been hit with this no-win scenario decision, and that is... There are the zombies in this game might like your shambling monsters. Like there are some, but most of them are just like people who are radiation burn victims. And when you first move into this apartment complex, there are people who are the radiation victims who want to get inside. And so at some point you're faced with a decision. Do the older people who are the survivors who are living comfortably in their apartment complex, do you keep out the air quotes, non-feral zombies, or do you help them get in and live comfortably? No matter what you do, it has an in-game radio station and that, announcer will spend the rest of the game blasting you for either decision. If you help the zombies get in, they'll say, how can you help those zombies get into those poor old people who are just living high in the hog and buried in their little settlement? And if you don't help them, uh, you'll say they'll he'll say how can you possibly possibly let those poor radiation victims not not get helped and that decision is what just uh, I, and then it floored me when I had to make the game I thought it was fantastic. But actually, does, I've got to add something. But three, right? Uh, That's in Fallout Three. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I've got to add something here. Uh, Fallout 3 was one of the first games I, I at least know of that uh, put you uh, into uh, such a situation that you have to uh, to choose uh, between two evil. And uh, previous, games, previous games had nothing that did this. this uh, yeah. At least not, not to this extent. Oh, my God. My mic went off and I, I was talking to myself. No, it did. We, you, you did. You heard me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. Now, now here's the other thing that that can be mentioned, which is you don't even have to be forced into that choice. If you decide to not set off the bomb, then you don't have to make the choice between the two evils. Yeah. Right. Possible. Yeah. Because you, you don't. Set off because the bomb. If, if you choose to not set off the bomb, then you never get into Tenpenny Tower, and you never have to make the choice in the first place because that decision tree is cut off. It's only enabled. So it's only enabled by setting off the bomb in the first place. So wait, Julie, do you think because of these decisions you have to make, that's what makes it a good introductory RPG for someone who's never played RPGs before? Yeah, because it's it's like when I, this book I've been writing and is the it what makes these games is I mean there obviously there are better games that have better graphics and all the rest, but it's the first time I played a game where it kind of made me think about my decisions and what I want to do this. Okay, so that's why you know. 
I mean, it's like Fallout 4 was the same kind of thing, you know. It's like when you get Fallout 4, you you uh, help all these people establish all these little camps, and then your military moves in and they recruit you, and they say, "Okay, just go downstairs and uh, just go down off of our little dirigible and take advantage of all these people you've helped in the wasteland." And I said, "Not a chance in hell." And I put the game on God mode, and I went back and I killed everybody in the military. <laughs> And I say that having been in the military myself, but it it made me think, just like Fallout Four, just like Fallout Three, maybe the decision and the the, the consequences of your actions. Uh, that's what really made it a great introductory to role playing for me. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. See, I, I was thinking more of like onboarding and and accessibility and tutorials and things like that. Well, um, see, then. You- then you get into the situation where onboarding and it's like first time I played Ultima online, it was like there was no instructions whatsoever. It dumps you in the middle of Britannia and say, what do you want to do? And someone said, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I was just thinking about fallout three. It takes you through the uh, stages of childhood to kind of onboard you for the game. It does. it does have that as the tutorial. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I think that's a very effective tutorial. So I'm thinking, in that regard, it does well as as well does well as well. <laughs> that's as, it. Also does well. It also does well. Thank you. <laughs> does well as well. Yeah, I could talk. I talk good. <laughs> Plus. What also is a good reason to start those games for me is even to this day um, that the modding community is still active and that really has kept both games alive. Yeah, one of the ways I got it running on uh, Windows is this mod called A Tale of Two Wastelands, which basically merges 3 and New Vegas into one large game. Um, And it works great. Like eventually you're you start in three and then you take a train to New Vegas and you can go back and forth between the two. Uh, I can and, also see Julie's pick working here, by the way. Yeah, uh, because no, I'm, like a I lot said, of people have played FPS games, but they may not have played RPGs. So if they wanted to get into an FPS with RPG elements, Fallout Three is a good way to bridge that. That. Uh, it is yeah, between the it two is genres. because you have I am I remembering correctly because I didn't play a lot of three because it 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 gave me nightmares, but it's like you can play it as a shooter, but you also have the kind of turn based y what's it called that or whatever Vats. it's called Vats. Vats? yeah Vats. so you can which is uh you trigger the Vats command and then it goes into a slow down time where you can decide where to aim you get uh, percentages of of your opportunity to hit that particular part. And then you can exit VATS mode once you've queued up whatever actions you wanted to take. And and how much time you had in VATS and how many actions you could take also depended on your stats. So your build was important for that. Right. Fallout 4 was the first game I played where somebody actually convinced me to mod the game. But I never used VATS because it always felt like cheating. Don't get me started on Fallout 4. <laughs> that's that's his own can of worms. That's, that's a, oh, yeah. What's that noise? Hmm. 
No, I, I, I liked Vats because it kind of kept it true to the original two Fallout games if you wanted to play it that way. You it know? was close to turn-based. Yeah, close, exactly. But not, exactly. not quite. No, it wasn't exact, but I, th- I thought it did a good job of, of kind of bringing that kind of gameplay forward into a new era, but also making it yeah. more accessible. So the more I think about it, the more I could see that Fallout 3 would be a good introductory option to the genre, especially if you have a background in first-person shooters. Plus, in my case, I knew somebody, and still do, who was really good at coding. And so if I there were parts of it I didn't like the outcome, so I called him up and I said, teach me how to change the outcome. And I did. There was a character who died. I said, I want this character to die. He said, okay, here's what we're going to do about it. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Uh, does anyone else have a suggestion for best first slash introductory RPG? We've heard mine. We've heard Julie's. Um, I'll throw one out there. Go ahead. All right. Well, we already talked about it. Wildermyth. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Think yes, about, think about it this that. way. Uh, you have, you have a, a story based, a story based system. You have a, a small party. It's not like you're managing an army. You have fewer typically than eight characters in your, in your company. And every story can be self-contained where, where the characters that you find and recruit are completely new to, to your world, or you can pull in legacy characters that you have played with through other campaigns and you just treat it like an alternate universe where they're just getting pulled into another story. And because of the emergent gameplay of it, no two campaigns are going to play out the same way. Right. It's also accessible enough. It's also moddable, but it's also accessible enough that for, for its gameplay, you can play everything on easy story. Uh, storyteller mode is what they call it so you're you're just playing through on easy and the challenge is still there because you could send a team of only one or two people to uh to go up against an army of enemies at the, at, at that particular location but it is very accessible and very approachable and that combat encounter may still work out yes hmm. those characters can get pretty strong in the end yes and it's pretty damn entertaining to see them swiping out entire groups of enemies in a single strike. Nice. Yeah. It's, I would say if you're going to play a tactical RPG and, and you are wanting to start a turn-based tactical RPG, XCOM may be too fiddly, but this strikes a great balance between story, uh, getting you engrossed in your characters and watching them grow, watching them age. Sometimes they'll even live long enough to retire during, during the course of your campaign. Uh, they may have children who will join your company instead. Oh, wow. It's, it has so much to offer. It really does. That is a good pick and a modern one too. And I may have one as well. I'm, I'm go for it. Sure. I'm go sure. for it. Okay. So uh, I have been playing on and off uh, some of the Monster Hunter games, but those are definitely not for all people. So what would I say if they made a turn-based RPG out of that and made it like into a Pokemon-like, that you collect monsters and stuff? 
Because that's what I did with um, the Monster Hunter Stories games, which the first one was on phone, I believe, and maybe as well as uh, on the 3DS or something like that. Oh, Monster Hunter. Oh, these are turn-based? I didn't know that. Yes, these are actually turn-based. And uh, yeah, you collect monsters and there's a a very cool uh, like genetic fusion subsystem as well. Yeah, it's a uh, it's not a super game. That's uh, that's that's true, Jacob. I know, I know, I know. It's uh, <laughs> it has its flaws, absolutely. But they took everything, pretty much everything from the mainline games, and we're discussing different it. games, by the way, because yeah, yeah, yeah. To the people oh. listening, oh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they baked down all the friggin' mechanics. You will. Well, most of the mechanics you see in the base games when it comes to weapon crafting and uh, armor crafting and builds and stuff. But you also have the genetic fusion system, so you can kind of like in Cerulean, uh where you can um, change the path of a monster. Well, I, I guess I should say character. But these are still animals. They're You, you don't have full control over them in battle, which is kind of interesting. So uh, you still have to well try to work with them. And you can also play it co-op, but I haven't tried it myself. So, uh, but apparently that's just for some multiplayer-specific dungeons. So, yeah, I don't have an experience with that. Uh, I haven't played it though for about a year. I see now because uh, this is another one of the games that have been crashing my computer. So yeah, um, I will have to go back to this thing soon. I'm sorry. See, the the thing to me is why Monster Hunter stories is better than the rest of them in the series is because, and this is just me, is having played both is Monster Hunter stories is turn based, which I kind of like because when I played the other ones, the Monster Hunter, I felt like I was moving in slow motion when I did the combat, and I got bored to tears really, really fast. Yeah, yeah, I've I've so, I've tried some of the mainline Monster Hunter games, and I can't, uh, cl- I can't click with them. But I, the the turn based one sounds like it might be a lot more approachable for me. So I will definitely put that on the wish list. And um, it's on Switch. Oh, is it? It is. Oh, well, I think I've, it came out on Switch before on PC. Actually, that's that's where I tried it. There's a demo, and you can play it on Switch. It was fun. I will add it to my uh, the, switch list with switch. At least the, 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 I don't know if the, I don't know if the demo was still there. It when it first came out with a demo. Uh, I will try. I will. I will add it to my switch wish list. That is hard to say. Switch wish list. <laughs> that is very difficult to say. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Let's see. Is there a demo? Let me see. I don't know if there's a demo. All right, so who... Well, I'm I'm looking up whether there's a demo. Uh, Who haven't we heard from? I don't think we've heard from uh, Jacob or Thorsten? I don't don't really have a choice. That's fine. Uh, No, that's totally fine. I would would pick Torchlight to uh, uh, either, to be honest, because it it offers a a pretty good... good, Introduction to the to the whole to the whole genre, in, in in my opinion, at least, and it's it's pretty easy to get into. Yeah, yeah, that's why it was my pick because uh, it is such an easy RPG to get into. 
And since we're almost at an hour, we should probably cut it here and we can revisit this topic on another show if we want to. We could branch out into other, like we're talking about, you know, tabletop RPGs. We could maybe have a show about ARPGs since that came up. And that's probably my favorite type of RPG. Um, but how does that sound to you guys if we if we if we wrap it up? Because it has been almost an hour. I like- I only have one thing I want to say. I sure. like Torchlight. I like Torchlight too because it's like Diablo done a fun way. <laughs> it is well, a yeah. Lot. I mean, yeah. I Travis Travis worked on Diablo before uh, making By the way, Fate ARPG series, and then Torchlight one and two. Yeah. Isn't there a Diablo four coming out soon? Next month. Yeah, it's almost here. Delightful. I the fact that I've heard so little about it concerns me. Uh, it concerns me too because they are doing all kinds of videos and blogs. Um, yeah, I've I've already played in both betas and I'm very excited about it. It's really fun. I, I'm glad you think so. It is Blizzard, so I'm so I have a sneakiest feeling something dumb is going to happen. I was worried about that but too. If it doesn't, but, but if it doesn't, I'll take you. I was worried about that too, but. Uh, I love Diablo three. I think they did a great job. Once, once they got rid of the cash shop into their big 2.0 patch, especially on the switch, I played so much Diablo three on the switch. Oh my freaking God. That, uh, that I got really excited for Diablo four and uh, yeah, it comes out next month and I'm, um, I'm very excited about it. I've played at least a dozen or so hours of it in the various betas so far and really had a great time. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a mix of, of Diablo and Guild Wars because it's got this open MMO style world with world events as you're running around and whatnot, you know, like Guild Wars does. Um, you know, so it, it does remind me of a mix of um, of uh, Diablo and Guild Wars, which is a good thing, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's going to, I think, do it for this episode, you guys. Um We'll definitely talk more about it, RPGs in the future. Uh, next week on the show, we're welcoming a guest. We streamed their game a few weeks ago. Oh, God. Lodestar. I couldn't remember the name. Lodestar. I keep wanting to say Lone Star. You know, like the guy in Spaceballs. But no. Load with a D. Star. Uh, we streamed it a couple weeks ago. We had great fun. So we're going to welcome the developer of that game onto uh, the show next week to talk more about it. And tomorrow I have to do a shorter stream because I have an appointment in the morning. So we're going to try a bolt gun. Uh, I take a break from our usual space game streams and uh, do a little Warhammery shooty nonsense tomorrow. So hopefully it'll be fun. I'm excited about it. It, 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 it's a first person uh, retro boomer shooter set in the Warhammer 40 K universe. I like all of those things. So I'm very excited to try it tomorrow. Um, yeah, I can't wait. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. We had a great chat today. Very active chat today. Thank you so much, everyone in the chat for, uh, for hanging out with us. And, uh, thank you as always to our patrons who help literally keep on the lights around here. And finally, thank you to all of those of you who've gotten vaccinated already. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, please, for the love of whichever deity you might believe in, get vaccinated uh, you're doing yourself and everyone else around you a favor by taking care of yourself and, and taking care of those you care about by getting vaccinated. So please, please get vaccinated. And 
Please do more Starflight. You know what? It is in the queue for uh, I do classic space games on Mondays and it is in the queue, though. I don't it's going to be such a long game. I, I, I keep debating on whether I should do it because it's like unless you speed run it, it's like 100, 200 hours that game. So that would be like a year, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so I don't know. We'll think. It's going to be a bit. It's going to, it's a huge, <laughs> get yourself spaded, dude. <laughs> Just like Bob what? Barker. Well, Bob Barker would always say that at the end of when he would do the prices, right? Stay and neuter your pet. Yeah. Please, he would stay also, your pet. he would also, every episode. Yeah. He would also say spay and neuter your pets because he was a huge animal uh, activist. And, right, uh, got it. I, like chat brought that up, and I was very confused. <laughs> no, no, no. That, the, <laughs> like, well, it would help save the planet. Like, honestly, it would. Is this like insulting us via no, 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 by, no, like, no. Very, very <laughs> fancy way. No, no. Keeping the animal population under control is a huge deal. So yeah, getting getting your pets spayed and neutered is a massive thing. Um. So well done, Cold Fusion Trash Compactor. I love your name. By the way, uh, oh, Beholder, the uh, Starflight version on Genesis is probably the best version of Starflight. So you did play the best version of Starflight. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Um, but I played it on PC, which is where I first played it. Um, but yeah, the Genesis version of Starflight is the superior one. If you all want to emulate it or if you have a Genesis lying around like I do, uh, <laughs> go play that one. Uh, but thank you so much, everyone, for hanging out with us today. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for some Bolt Gun. Have a great one, y'all. Take care. Bye-bye.